Uh, hello, sunshine. Goodbye, rain. How about them Gamecocks are winning again? Welcome to episode 41 of Cox by 90. I am your host. Show me your TDs. It feels good. It feels good to win. Happy Friday to you all. New listeners, past listeners, all-time listeners. What a great feeling it is right now. Right now in this very moment, in this instance that you are listening to this podcast because we are winning, baby. We are doing the old Al Davis. Just win, baby. And we're doing it across a couple sports right now, which I love. Gamecock Twitter is positive. We're just a part of a bunch of happy days right now. And I love it. And it all starts with the program that we can hang our hat on, and Don Staley and our women's basketball team. Last weekend, they took care of business. They knocked off the volunteers, and they took down the Lady Dogs on Sunday, taking home the sixth SEC championship out of the last seven years of the tournament. Talk about a feat in itself. Dawn Staley has risen above everybody, has taken this program to where nobody thought it could happen. And I love it. I absolutely love it because things like this, programs like this can get contagious around other sports. And that other sport is baseball because our baseball team is rocking and rolling right now. No doubt about it. Ain't that right, Cockfather? The Gamecocks baseball team, 11-0, coming off an incredible come-from-behind win Wednesday night at the Joe. Was fortunate enough to be there in person. It was rowdy. Those Citadel fans, they thought they had a win in the bucket. But sure enough, our cardiac cocks in the eighth inning put up a six-spot And we washed away all those hopes and dreams of the cadets and the Citadel fans that made their way down to the Joe on Wednesday night. I tell you, there was a lot of yapping going on in that game. In the stands, on the field, antics galore. It it felt like a rivalry game, and it should, right? At the end of the day, anytime you're playing an in-state school, the old Citadel with their chip on their shoulder, they're knocking their ring on the table. They're saying we're going to take down the number five Gamecocks, which, hey, I will tell you this. I love that they had us as the number five team on that broadcast because at the end of the day, shoot, put us up at number one because this team is playing like a top-tier team, like a team that can go to Omaha and make some noise. I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm being absolutely honest. We've got an excellent pitching staff. Our bats, one through nine right now, are absolutely dangerous. Every hole, one through nine, you could have a cock bomb being dropped on you at any moment or just a nice solid base hit. And that's what I love. We are beating you across all different angles. Small ball, long ball. Shoot, we might even do death by a thousand cuts. We'll just pepper you to death. 
And that's what I love. That's what I love about this team. It is absolutely going to be a major test. You all are listening to this on Friday. So this coming night, this weekend, heading to Austin, Texas, one of my favorite places to visit. I've had the fortunate enough pleasure of going down and partying on Rainy Street. I think it's 7th Street that's a good time there, too. I hope our Gamecock baseball team doesn't have too much fun up there because we're there to win. We are there to show the Texas Longhorns and the city of Austin and all the beautiful blonde girls that are probably watching that baseball game in cleat chasing that we are the best team in the nation. It's going to be a battle. It is going to be a battle from start to finish. Starting on Friday night, an absolute incredible pitcher's duel that we have. One thing I will mention, too, is that the last couple of games we've had our national two-time player of the week start to cool off just a little bit. Wes Clark, unfortunately, I don't think he garnered a hit Wednesday night, and I know he had a tough game on Sunday. But mark it down, grab your pen and paper. This is the series that he gets it back going. And when I say I mean gets it back going, I'm expecting big things. I'm expecting cock bombs. Because I think, actually I don't think, I know that this Gamecocks team has a chip on their shoulder. We've been counted out. Not just with this series, but just in general. People forgot who is one of the most dominant programs in all of college baseball. You must have forgot that the Gamecocks are that program. Yes, we're the team that in the 2010s went to three straight national championships. One, two of them. We're continuing to build and stack talent. I mean... You look at Kingston, and you know there was second year when he missed a tournament. Pitchforks were up. Get him out of here. People had forgotten that he had taken us to the Super Regional the year before that. Last year was off to a good start. And this year, everybody's back on the wagon, as they should be. Gamecock baseball, along with women's basketball, are two programs that no matter what, we can always hang our hat on especially with that team in the upstate struggling in both of those programs. Now, it's always funny when you talk to a tater. I think this is the best. I'm at work. You you go to talk to a tater, and you talk about our ass whooping we put on them and that series sweep. They say, oh, baseball's even playing. I didn't even know. That is literally your common tater answer, right? At the end of the day, oh, they lose. They didn't even know that that season had started. It's hilarious. But I love it because you know what? Deep down inside, deep down inside of those little tater brains that they have, they're seeing the momentum build. They're seeing it in baseball. They've been dominated in women's basketball. Men's basketball is another, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Not quite yet, though. We will talk about basketball. But I think they can smell something brewing in Columbia with Shane Beamer and that coaching staff. These continual Justin King videos that are coming out every day are absolutely getting me fired up for this season. I cannot wait for spring practice. 
Like literally, again, I live here in Charleston. I want to camp out outside the operations building. I want, I mean, if I got to put up a ladder and have some binoculars to be able to watch this thing, I am itching to get inside of a Shane Beamer program because that place looks like a lot of dang fun. I've been talking to some of my guys inside the program too, just around the field. What's going on that's a little bit different than must chump and the rest of the things that have happened these past five years? I think it all starts with the team, the team mentality, right? Things that you've heard me talk about on this podcast. Must chump, and again, a lot of it came to head once he was released. He was teaching players, hey, We want you to come to South Carolina and get you to the NFL. We don't give a rat's ass if you care about the Garnet and Black or the city of Columbia or that Garnet seal on your helmet. We're just going to get you to the NFL. And sure enough, this upcoming draft, J.C. Horn will be a first-round draft pick. Kudos to him. I look forward to seeing Shai Smith draft in the top three or four rounds. Ernest Jones should be a guy that's drafted. Izzy Mukwamuth. Well, I will never speak bad about a player. You'll never hear me say that on this podcast because I respect everything that they do from a work standpoint, from an effort standpoint, and what they do every single Saturday in the fall to give us some freaking hope. But Izzy Mukwamu's one that absolutely could have benefited from coming back, maybe adjusting to the safety role. He just doesn't want to do it. And unfortunately, I think you'll see a slide with him probably to the fifth or seventh seventh round. All that circling back, everything inside this Beamer program screams team mentality. I think you see it again. I'm going to talk about the Justin King videos that come out. Him and his team do an excellent job. But one of the more recent ones I saw, which I had heard a lot about inside the program in regards to the connection with the coaches and feeling like a team mentality He released one, I think it was yesterday or the day before, where our coaches didn't know this was going to happen, but they had brought out previous highlights from when they played ball in the NFL. Mike Peterson, Derek Moore, who we have on staff, who's doing an excellent job with the Beyond program, the inspirational speeches. I didn't even realize he had played ball, had clips of him up there. And then you got Torian Gray out there. You've got just a number of high profile NFL players. I mean, Mike Peterson played in the league for 12 to 13 years, but they show the video. And I hope you all get a chance to see this because the coaches don't realize that the video is going to happen. You could see them replaying the days back in their head, but also you could see the appreciation our players had because these guys have been there. They've made it to the league. Monterio Hardesty, and I, you know, again, hopefully I didn't butcher that, but I think it shows him rapping before a game. And absolutely, you could see the camaraderie from the team and Beamer calling it out and joking. Like that kind of stuff, I don't know if it was happening under Muschamp. It was more of a business like approach. Being in that operations building before, do your job, different mantras like that. Things that aren't necessarily going to be continually successful at South Carolina when it comes to developing prospects and doing your job. 
Something like that type of saying. You take that to the NFL, or maybe you go to Alabama and do that. It's South Carolina, where we're recruiting not the top-tier talent, but we're getting that three-star, four-star talent, maybe. It's an opportunity for them to bond with the University of South Carolina because maybe they were picked over by a couple of other higher-profile programs. Right now, we're not a destination-type program for a lot of individuals. And I say that right now, but we will be. And so where I'm kind of wrapping all this thing around is you got to love how Shane Beamer and staff are teaching these players what it means to wear the block C, what it means to don the garnet and black, how to respect the past and create a better future for our program. Things that I don't think were being instilled in the Muschamp program, and I think the vibrant, the absolute passion that Beamer brings every single day is starting to get a little contagious. And what I mean by contagious is that you can tell, and from what I've heard, again, these are just things, players are wanting to be around the program a lot more. They want to be around the operations building a lot more. The connection with the coaches from a standpoint of where it was with the last coaching staff to this one is night and day. And those are things you just can't teach, right? That stuff is what you build with a culture. And the culture word, there can be a lot of different types of things that when you throw that word out there, right? Toxic culture, great culture. Well, what does a great culture look like? Great culture and winning teams want to be around each other. That type of stuff is contagious. You want to be in a room with that. You don't want to leave. You get so literally absorbed by that infection of happiness, of camaraderie, of the feeling that this team is where you want to be around, and it starts to translate into the football field. And what I mean by that is the more times that you're around your coaches, the more times you spend with your players, the times that you're at that operations building watching a little bit more film than you maybe have done in years past, working out a little earlier, getting there in the gym, utilizing our weight room, which is one of the best, if not the best, in the entire country. I'm just hearing things that under Muschamp, that type of mentality wasn't around. Under Beamer, people cannot get enough of being in the ops building, being around our coaches, being around a Luke Day from a strength and conditioning standpoint, a Derek Moore from a positive motivational standpoint. You got to love hearing things like that. And now I will tell you where the rubber meets the road is when we don the garnet in black and we run out the tunnel in 2001 and you got to start winning football games, right? Like this is kind of the honeymoon stage, you would say, for Beamer and company. There is no expectations right now except to get our guys in playing shape, get them ready for spring ball, get them ready for the spring game on the 24th, which I think, again, is a great weekend and opportunity for all of us to come out and support the program. 
We'll be playing Arkansas that weekend, too, in baseball. So if you already haven't, I'd be circling that weekend as a time that you want to come visit Columbia. You want to come get some of that infectious love that Beamer's given to his team and spend a, you know, a weekend in the city of dreams is not so bad. I love that place with all my heart, and you know I do love Charleston, but there is a soft, soft spot I have for the city of dreams. But Beamer's building this thing up, right? And at the end of the day, getting these guys ready for spring ball, it's got to translate into the summer programs. You got to have the quarterbacks, which is what I'll talk about here in a couple minutes. You got to have those guys that are getting the team together because coaches can't, they can't coach you in the summer. You have to have your quarterbacks leading the passing skills and groups and whatnot. You have to have them running a seven on seven, bringing the team together. And that's the type of stuff, you know, with the coaches and players, what we are building right now, it's happening. I see a Luke Doty in there working his dang tail off, right? A Jason Brown coming in here and, you know, shout out right now is his 22nd birthday. You all are hearing this on Friday, but shout out to him. He's a guy that's coming in and making early impacts in regards to a positive presence as it comes from the quarterback position. Colton Gauthier, too, absolutely a guy that has the arm talent, has the ability to come in there and compete. But those guys are the ones that have to step up during the summer. So you translate spring ball, you bring that into the summer, and then you got to get ready for fall camp. And then when the rubber meets the road and wins and losses start happening, that's when we'll be able to understand, is the culture, which is what we've built Did it help translate to wins and losses? This coming year, I'm not going to have high expectations for the Gamecocks, and nor should you. I don't think that we should be predicting nine and three seasons. I don't think that that's realistic. Do I think we could surprise some people? Could we have a Spurrier-esque type first season where we go a seven and five, we beat some teams that we shouldn't, i.e. Florida? That year, what an incredible game. I'll never forget being there. That was an absolute blast to watch him beat Florida. But I think that those are the type of games, again, we need one. We're not asking for three or four. We need one. One big win so that way you can start helping build the blocks for the future. This is a foundational year. In a foundational year for a program, it's all about culture. How are you going to set the tone for your culture? What are the expectations for your program? I always tell my team this too, especially in managing and coaching and leading. The foundation is the most important part of the house. If you don't build a well foundation, a foundation that is built to last, everything else starts to crumble. You can put up the walls in your house. You can put up the windows. You can put up the doors. But if the foundation isn't built correctly, those things start to crack. And when it comes like a hurricane or even just a huge downpour, it really starts to show. So I appreciate what Beamer's doing right now and building a healthy foundation. This foundation is going to be for years to come. I think he's doing things the right way. All indications. Again, the updates, I think Big Spur's doing a great job. I think Gamecock Central's doing a great job of bringing you the feeling and the emotion inside the program right now. 
And it is absolutely very apparent, again, from people that I'm talking to, that that's what's going on behind the scenes. I can't wait until spring ball kicks off. This is going to be, again, it's going to be a spring ball like anything else we've experienced, I want to say, almost ever, right? Because you've got a new coach. I think there's going to be a little bit more accessibility to the program. It's, it's going to go back to the Spurrier-esque type beginning where you had an opportunity to watch a couple of those practice on the Palmetto Proving Grounds. And I think Beamer's going to give us a little bit of that access and opportunity to check this program out. So I say that because with the COVID restrictions lifting, a lot of people have been bunkered down for the past year. The opportunity to get out, experience a spring practice, a spring game, I can't tell you how much literally just mental mindset appreciation I had for a baseball game Wednesday night out at the Joe. And I know even more so, I mean, I live, breathe, sleep, eat Gamecock football. I might eat a little too much of it, but at the end of the day, it's exciting. It's exciting times for the football program right now, and I can't wait to see this team on the field. And talking about quarterbacks, again, Luke Doty, somebody – When you look back at his film, his college film, and then we can progress into his rookie season, or you could say freshman season, the intangibles are there in regards to athletic playmaking. Your quarterback's got to be able to make plays. And I think we saw towards the end of those last two games, especially, I mean, Kentucky was a rout, but he did a lot of great things with his legs. I go back to the Missouri game. Some of the ball placement he had, absolutely showed me that he could be a quarterback that can make the SEC throws that will help us win ball games. You couple him with a Marshawn Lloyd and a Kevin Harris, and that's three absolute threats from a running perspective in the backfield. Now, are we going to have guys that can catch the football? I think that's where you see a EJ Jenkins coming in that is going to be able to make a, a huge impact. We have the Georgia Tech transfer, who, again, somebody who that quick speed, the twitch, things that we're going to do with that Oklahoma-style type offense with a lot of motion and a lot of moving. I think a Brown, an Amari Brown, can make a big difference. Jalen Brooks taking the next steps. So Jakari Caldwell taking the next steps. There's a lot of opportunity for players to prove fans and themselves, and a lot of doubters wrong because that wide receiver – room is it's been a tough one to put your finger on because you haven't seen too much production outside of one playmaker each year so in going back to the quarterbacks I say that because we can have all the running threat in the world and we can have a decent offensive line but if there's no passing threat and you don't have a doty that can make the downfield home run passes or you have anybody that can actually catch that ball it does create a lot of frustrating, I would say, looks for the quarterback because that means you're going to get be getting blitzed a ton. They're not respecting you when it comes to the deep ball. So I want to see how Doty in the spring makes some adjustments to that. I also think Jason Brown, again, looking at his film, rave reviews from my end in regards to the intangibles. Going back to that word intangible, can make all the throws. You see him spinning out of uh, pressure and blitzes, being able to scamper for 10, 15 yards. 
things that I think we need a quarterback to be able to do at the University of South Carolina. We can't have a standing statue like Colin Hill. That will never work for our program. And I hope, you know, again, I wish him all well. Like I said, I never talk down about anybody, any players. But that was not the recipe for success last year. Not with the wide receiver core that we had. And then I think you get a guy like Colton Gauthier who comes in there as a freshman, got enrolled early, and has the opportunity to get a lot of reps in spring ball, get a lot of confidence built, and then just create a competitive environment in the quarterback room. Because that, again, we all know, that is your number one position. You go as your quarterback goes. And this year I think we will go as our offense goes as it relates to Marshawn Lloyd and Kevin Harris. But the quarterback position is going to be absolutely instrumental in getting those guys off to a hot start because we have to have the ability to throw the deep ball. We have to have the ability to complete some passes. And so I'm excited to see what those guys are made of. Again, Doty has been a standout in the workouts. The leadership capabilities are there. Jason Brown has been well-received. And I think that there's an opportunity for those guys to duel it out in the spring. I can't wait to watch that spring game too as well because I have a feeling it'll be those two guys going head-to-head. And then we'll get to see you know, some playmakers step up too, some young guns. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the quarterback position can entail leading into spring ball. I want to see that rocket arm of Jason Brown. And just overall, I mean, you got to feel good. You got to feel great knowing that it's right around the corner. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. Happy days are here. And we're feeling good. So moving on, I will tell you this. Our football program has got to bring us back. It's got to bring us back to those happy days. Because one program that's not doing that right now, and they're playing tonight, and uh, I don't want to give the prediction because guess what? If I do that, you all are going to hear it tomorrow, and you're going to say, Shaw me, you are a, you're just wrong. You were wrong again. Because I'm going to tell you, I think the Gamecocks have a chance to beat Ole Miss tonight. I really do. And what I think and what I love is I'm recording this podcast before the game. So I'm going to put my prediction out. You're going to hear it through my voice. And tomorrow I could look like an idiot or I could look like Nostradamus. I think this Gamecock team has all the talent to make a run. You all might say you are a freaking idiot. What are you drinking, Shalmi? That is just absolutely crazy. But I tell you this. When this team, after we beat Florida and went on that skid, I think they started realizing the tournament was out of reach in the regular season. The individual performances that we can get from an A.J. Lawson, from a Keyshawn Bryant, Trey Hannibal has stepped up. I think that those are the type of pieces that could beat an Ole Miss tonight. We've already given LSU a run for their money. We led the entire game. Could we beat LSU and make it to the semifinals? Who knows? I'm going to put the prediction right here. And again, I could be horribly wrong and probably lose a boatload of money. But I'm saying the Cox win 81 
to 74 tonight. We beat Ole Miss, and we go on to take the LSU Bayou Tigers. Hopefully that happens. But if that does not happen, all eyes are on Frank Martin, Ray Tanner, and our basketball program. What's the next steps? Frank's got two years left on his deal. As you all have seen throughout football, not necessarily so much in baseball. It probably is. But you want to have your coaches on four-year deals. When you're out recruiting, you have to be able to say, that that coach will be there for the four-year period that your son will be on the team. Has to happen. So there's going to be some hard, hard conversations that happen over the next couple weeks. How I see it playing out, and again, this is, you know, I don't really, I don't know. I'm not going to put anybody's name behind this. But I think there is a mutual agreement that things are not heading in the right direction for the basketball program. I think there's an appreciation what Frank Martin's done on the court and off the court. Again, he has done a tremendous amount for the community. And absolutely, I think it's Martin's math wizards or whatever. You know, he's done things that are just beyond the game that we cannot sit here and quantify. But when it comes to wins and losses, and you've seen that since the Final Four run, he has a losing record, I believe that this will be the last year for Frank Martin. I believe there will be a mutual agreement of parting ways. And when I say that, I think it will be, you know, there are some jobs that will open that I think Frank Martin um, will be interested in, potentially the Miami job. You've heard the New Mexico job. I think it will be encouraged for him that if those are one of the jobs that he's interested in, that the Gamecocks are not going to prevent him or, let's say, persuade him to stay. I hate that because I wanted to see this be a Don Staley-type run where you know Martin's here for 15-plus years, literally finished his career as a Gamecock. But this year, coupled with the last couple years, It's just not trending in the right direction. And I believe the powers that be do believe that this program is capable and a lot better than a one every nine years trip to the NCAA tournament. Our fan support in women's basketball alone, averaging 10,000 fans for I don't know how many straight years, shows you that the fan support is there for basketball. The yearning, the longing for us to be great in men's basketball again. Go Dating back to the McGuire days, dating back to the 70s, still holding those ACC championships in basketball. People want that deep down inside for this basketball team. With the way Martin's recruited, the attrition in the program, I think it would be interesting to see what he was be able to do with the transfer portal this year, as it'll be a wide, wild west for the basketball. (laughs) Literally, if we thought it was wild west for football, just wait until that transfer portal goes haywire for basketball. Again, I like Martin. I'm a Martin guy, but I believe, and if I'm making a prediction, I do believe we beat Ole Miss tonight. 
but I believe, and I'm saying that this is Martin's last year as head coach of the Gamecocks. So, with that being said, I've got some basketball to watch here in a little bit. You all do too as well. I appreciate everybody. So, one thing that I love more than anything Basketball games, baseball games, anybody that just recognizes me just from the podcast, maybe you see me on Instagram, and you come up and say, hey, like, we had some guys, oh, God, they brought me a beer or two. We sat there, we were drinking some good old beers, talking some Gamecock stories. I appreciate those guys. They live in Charleston. Basketball, always get to talk to some guys that recognize the Cox by 90 podcast. You ever see me out? Come say, hey, typically I'll have a koozie on me. I'll toss it to you. You know, we'll share some Gamecock stories. We'll get a little excited about the future. But I will tell you this. If you ever see me out at a sporting event, come say, hey, I love talking to Gamecock fans. That literally, talking Gamecocks is what I love to do. This is why I started this podcast. There is literally nothing more enjoyable for me than to watching a ton of Gamecock wins and a ton of Gamecock losses. And I say enjoyable watching the losses because guess what? I'm getting my hope up for the future. And I'm already thinking about what I'm going to talk about next. So I appreciate you all, again, listening in, taking 30 minutes out of your day to listen to the Cox by 90 podcast. For you all that might be listening to this for the first time, I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone that continues to support the website, buying the new hats. I mean, those Gamecock Country hats, that's probably one of my favorite hats I've ever created. But there's a ton of merchandise on there. Grab you a shirt. Grab you a hat. You want to be rocking the Gamecocks gear right now. It is great to be a Gamecock. It's going to be really cool to be a Gamecock again. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Cox underscore by underscore 90. And you can follow me on Twitter at Cox underscore by underscore 90. I thank you all for another great episode. Excited for more to come in the coming weeks. I would love to get Wes Mitchell back on the uh, podcast over there at Gamecock Central, me and him trying to connect and some other guys too as well. Because again, recruiting season and football is right around the corner. And I want to be able to give you all as much information as possible. So, with that being said, Spurs up, Longhorns down, let's go Cork Cox, and let's shake this place! <laughs>